Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. It's been really hard to process everything that's happened over the last week, ever since pro-Trump extremists attacked the U.S. Capitol. Even if you've known about all the work that needs to be done to undo white supremacy and make things better, right? Even if you've been going to protests, campaigning for candidates, donating, you might still feel sad, scared, and worn out. And that's okay to feel that way, because it's important for your work and your activism to be sustainable. That was the unsexy work, right? Like, now is like where you have to keep talking to your city council people. Now is when you have to, you know, we're doing digital organizing. Now is when you have to phone bank. And all of the, the stuff that is the things that actually make stuff happen. This is our series by the people about how democracy operates in the spaces around us and where you can plug in. Today, we'll hear from one longtime activist out of Oakland about how she's processing everything that led up to last week's attack and who spent her career thinking about what's next. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. So my, my first question is just how, how are you doing with all this? How are you processing it? Someone sent me a text today with that question, like, how are you? And um, I hadn't thought about it. Kat Brooks is the executive director of the Justice Teams Network and co-founder of the Anti-Police Terror Project. From the, the moment sort of things hit the fan, um, I was working. I was you know, doing interviews or we were writing statements or what, you know, all of the things that were required for a response. And I started to say, I'm fine. And then I was like midway through text. And I was like, and then I just started to cry. <laughs> just like it is all just 
that's odd for me. I don't often, you know, the, the shenanigans of white supremacy don't surprise me. White violence is against, you know, our bodies doesn't surprise, like none of it's, it's my job. What is sitting with me right now as we're starting this conversation is like how little room there is for organizers, advocates, activists, black folks, brown folks, queer folks, right, to actually have human moments in inside of things like this because we're, you know, immediately trying to figure out how to respond, how to protect ourselves, how to protect our communities. There's buckets, right? So there's there's how I'm doing as an organizer. There's me as a mom, right? I've got a teenager that I'm sending out into the world in just, you know, a short two years. And she's also, you know, becoming an organizer in her own right. And then there's me as a Black woman, right? And as a human being. What, was there something about the events that happened last week that hit you particularly hard? Because as you said, like, you know, you, you normally don't cry, but, but you did. Like his whole reign of terror has just been exhausting. And we're at this point where it's almost over. And I think that part of it is just like, God, can we be done with this already? Right. But let's be clear, right? Like Trump gone is not being done with this. Some of the tears were not necessarily for me as much as they were. Like when you think about all of the bodies, black bodies and the bodies of our allies that are permanently disabled um, because of police reaction. When you think of, um, you know, folks that were traumatized with tear gas and flashbangs and dragged to arrest and beaten and are facing like serious charges. And then the reinforcement, of course, of conversations that we've been having forever about the collusion and the infiltration uh, into law enforcement by these groups and and the fact that they felt so emboldened. I think it's one thing when you work in this and you see it all the time, but like seeing it play out in Washington, D.C. at the nation's capital is, is a different kind of platform, too. And I wonder for you more locally here, did the events that happened in D.C. remind you of anything that you've seen or experienced in the Bay Area, you know, whether it was the, the threat of white violence or the role of law enforcement? Well, I mean, I'm, of course, reminded of, you know, umpteen amount of protests that I've been at or been a part of, right, where we were tear gassed, right, um, where we were dodging flashbangs. Um, my daughter jokes about jokes, air quotes, you know, about how many times she's been tear gassed and she's only 15. And I think of Scott Olson, always, who um, during the Occupy protest was was hit with a flashbang and is permanently disabled. And um, I, I think of our teenagers who during this summer of rage were attacked with so-called less lethal weapons for having the audacity to march one minute past a curfew they didn't even know was enacted yet. You think about what happened in Lafayette Square just this summer. And I, I mean, it's, it's just the, it's just, you know, the reminder um, of whose bodies are valued and whose are not and who's allowed to stand up for their, their belief systems, let alone their humanity and who is not. I was listening to uh, to a forum on KQED, and somebody had written in, and I actually want to read to you what, what was shared on forum. The quote said, I was watching the events unfold, and I was very scared. What actionable items can we do? I voted, protested, given money to campaigns here and out of state. I've given a journalism. I've written to our leaders here in California. I'm feeling lost and scared. And before I, we talk about some of those things that people might be able to do with, with what they're going through right now, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts about people who, who may be feeling lost and scared right now? Does that resonate at all? 
Absolutely. And the first thing I would say to those people is feel lost and feel scared. That's okay. And that actually maybe you need to sit in that for a little bit because the, the rush to cover it up, it goes to what I was just saying, the rush to like push it down, you know, get away from that prevents us from actually dealing with it. I've been ending almost any, every interview I do was saying, particularly if you are black, brown, indigenous, trans, queer, um, look like an immigrant, you should be scared. Because we actually don't know what was signaled to, to similar-minded people across the country. We don't know what the next 13 days are going to look like or the next yeah. week and a half are going to look like. Go out in pairs, lock your doors, look over your shoulder. We are not immune to their violence touching our literal bodies. Um, and so I'm not trying to be an alarmist, but I do want to be a realist. They've been enacting violence against our bodies since the first one was kidnapped and brought here hundreds of years ago. And we're still standing, right? We're still here and we're still fighting. And, and you can look at most marginalized communities that are under attack by white supremacy and, and say the same thing, right? In, in our own beautiful, very human ways. And so for me, I'm holding on to that. And I'm, I'm clear that all this does is make us stronger. All this does is strengthen our resolve. All this does is remind us that, you know, of the fight ahead of us and, and how serious this fight is going to be. And, and so, yes, be lost. Yes, be scared. And then take a page out of the Black Girl Magic book and keep it pushing. I, I wonder, like, how have you worked through these complicated feelings in the past when things feel like they're too much, from the feeling of, of being afraid to, to having a stronger resolve? One of the things I love about the admin of the Black Lives Matter movement is this idea about self-care came in, right? So when I was being trained up as an organizer, you smoked and drank and worked yourself to death. I mean, I work out, I spend time with my kid. Biggest regret of my life is how fast my daughter grew up and how many hours I was in the streets, not in this house. But, but, I, but I also, for me, the work, right? The work is how I take care of myself. What, what have you learned from some of the other activists and organizers who you know, maybe even some of the younger ones who, who really are about self-care? What, what, what have you learned from them? Oh my goodness, they meditate. They refuse to meet past a certain hour. They say no to certain projects. Um, this is my own daughter actually told me the other day she wasn't gonna join a meeting that I asked her to join because she had had enough for the day. What matters about that is that that means sustainability, right? We're in this for the yeah. long haul. We have no idea how long this is going to be, but it's definitely going to be past my lifetime and probably my kids. And it's true, right? If you're not taking care of yourself, how do you take care of other people? I think the, the last thing, find the movement work that makes your heart sing and do that. Not everybody has to be on the front lines. Not everybody has to be screaming at the cops. Not everybody has to get tear like. We need communicators and eventually we'll need childcare providers again. We need people who write. We need people who sing. We need, right? Like there's so many ways in which yeah. you can engage in the movement. So do what makes your heart sing. Um, you, you mentioned your daughter. We just had our, our first daughter. She's four months old. That actually means a lot to me when I think about, you know, like even on Wednesday when I was just watching the news come in, and then I would look at her and like still have the sound on of the news. Like it was just a lot to take in. And we're talking about burnout and, and what your priorities are. Like that's, that's real for sure. The work will be there tomorrow. She will not be four months forever. 
Yeah. So when you think about uh, and process what happened on when, last Wednesday, the attack on the Capitol, what do you want listeners to know like that you think that they're not hearing enough of um, or something that you've been saying over and over and that people just haven't been hearing? This is America. So the next day, we all the, all the tweets and the speeches, this is not America, this is not who we are. Yes, it is. It is who we have been, it is who we are, and it is who we are doomed to continue to be if we don't admit that this is who we are and deal with it. You cannot solve a problem if you don't admit it exists. America does not have a policing problem, right? That's the work I do. America has a race problem that is baked into every single institution in this country, including policing, who's, you know, are the front lines to uphold this system. That's the message. Are you afraid that getting beyond the year 2020 and having a new president come in is going to turn people off and be like, well, things are going to be different now, when in reality, as you're talking about, the work is going to surpass our lifetimes? I'm not afraid it's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. It happened over and over and over and over again, right? Um, I mean, you heard people this summer talking about, this is just the beginning. This is not the beginning. This is another movement moment on a long continuum, right, of, of, of people's movements for, for their humanity. Um, people go home, they get bored, the work becomes unsexy, because now is the unsexy work, right? Like, now is like, where you have to keep talking to your city council people. Now is when you have to, you know, we're doing digital organizing. Now is when you have to phone bank. And all of the, the stuff that is the in, intense, boring, day-to-day things that actually make stuff happen. So we are able to have things like the Summer of Rage, because in between the last movement uh, flow and this movement flow, organizers were organizing and, and work was being done. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. We're prepared for that. And, and the goal is that the each time less and less people go back to business as usual, right? That we're able yeah. to continue to pull more and more people into the ongoing work of movement building and transformation of this country into the country we know she can be. And I think that actually goes directly to what we hope uh, that this democracy series that we're doing makes people think about is exactly that, the work and where can they plug in and where, where do they fit in? Are they making music? Are they out in the streets? Uh, you know, people are going to be doing different things. I wonder, and, and this is a question kind of I, I know, but I want to um, have you talk to it. Like, how is what we're talking about directly related to democracy here in the Bay Area? You know, it's funny you asked that that's the question you were asking, because I was thinking of that quote that I'm going to para- paraphrase about, you know, service is, is your rent for being on this planet. Democracy only works when we work it. My daughter, when she was, I think, a freshman in high school, called me and, uh, from school. She said, Mommy, I'm in trouble. And I, I was like, well, this is a big deal if she's calling me. <laughs> like, I, said, I said, what happened? And she said, I told my teacher that democracy in America was a lie. We don't have time for me to get into all of how that happened, but um, <laughs> the, the conversation I then had to have with the teacher about about, about her denying my, my black child is the reality in this country. But, but it is, on so many levels in this country, a lie, but not a lie that we can't make true. These moments and all the moments in between are an opportunity for us to make democracy a real thing in this country. And and if you want to live in a democratic nation, and if you want to be the land of the free and the brave, and if you want to be right this beacon of light for the rest of the globe, then it's your responsibility to service it. 
Kat, thank you so much for talking to us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's Kat Brooks, executive director of the Justice Teams Network and the co-founder of the Anti-Police Terror Project in Oakland. So I know that we're all doing what we can just to get by, and we're doing that in isolation right now. But I'd love to hear from you. What's keeping you going right now? How are you staying engaged but taking care of yourself? Tweet us at the Bay KQED, and we'll try to get you in our next newsletter. This episode of By the People was produced by Erica Cruz-Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, myself, and our editor, Alan Monticilio. And also, I want to welcome our new intern, Shailen Martos, who will be with us for the next few months. It is so good to have you here with us, virtually, of course. Welcome. The Bay is produced by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us. Talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.